Welcome back to the House Call Podcast. Brandon can't be here today, so I'm Joe. I'm going to be your host. We're going to be talking football, recapping week six, getting right into it, looking at all that stuff. But first, let's hit some quick hit news that's come out around the NFL after a nice weekend of football. First off, Deshaun Jackson signs with the Baltimore Ravens, who are obviously needing some speed after Hollywood Brown was sent to the Cardinals this offseason. It's a one-year deal. The numbers haven't been released, but guys, Let's start with you, Nick. What do you think about Deshaun Jackson joining the Ravens? I think this is uh, exactly what they needed. They, they're they missing a deep threat, especially with Rashad Bateman out. They really don't have many wide receivers that Lamar can throw the ball to besides his tight end and Mark Andrews. So I'm, I'm hoping that this can get the Ravens back on track. And uh, if they get their, if they get some guys healthy, we'll, it, it'll, it, their offense will be better. Ernesto, what do you, what's on your mind, man, about the Deshaun Jackson signing? It's boomer bust for me. I feel like Deshaun Jackson, there was at one point in his career where he was the top, maybe top five, top ten receiver. He's kind of fallen off the map steadily since, uh, I think, leaving Philadelphia in his first stint. Uh, I think if they work him in well, he still has that speed that he used to have when he was back in Philly in the first three years. I think it would be a great signing, and it's going to propel the Ravens even further than where they are now, which is they need a lot of help, but I still got them as contenders. Absolutely. Ethan, come on, man. What do you think? Obviously, I like this move. I don't think it's a boomer bust type of thing. He's going to produce no matter what. It may not be with touchdowns, but it's going to be with yardage. He's a, he's a speed. He's going to be able to get the ball. It's going to be another target for Lamar to get to, and it's hopefully going to give that offense that's, as of late, little, little shaky. Another leg it can jump onto. Yeah, well, just remember, Deshaun Jackson is 35 years old. He was one of many free agent wide receivers still on the market, to include Will Fuller, who is still out there. Uh, I'm actually surprised that they didn't call Will Fuller and called Deshaun Jackson, which just shows because I mean, Will Fuller that was his kind of thing. He's a younger guy. He was a speed guy. Has had some health issues, but so is Deshaun Jackson of late. Truth be told. I, I see Deshaun Jackson being exactly what you guys said. He's a position of need at the very minimum. And at the top level, it's exactly what Ethan said. He's a yardage guy. He's going to do what he's always done. He's going to take the top off a of defense. If you don't respect him, he's going to make you pay. But let's keep this train moving. Speaking of, a, of a Deshaun Jackson, a former teammate of his has been sat down. That's right. Sean McVay has sat down Cam Akers. Apparently there was a dispute and they are not going to play cam anchors. He will not be dressing until, and they're going to find him a trade destination. He will not play as a Ram ever again. Ethan, I'll start with you. We'll go backwards this time. So oh, what do you so think of, of Sean McVay starting cam anchors and rolling forward with Daryl Henderson? Um, I've never been a fan, honestly, if I'm being honest, I was never a fan of him. He, he was struggling, and I respect the decision that Sean McVay is holding. I just don't know with how much his value has declined what they could seriously get for him. I mean, it's not like they value draft picks there. They're always sending first rounds <laughs> out anyway, so who cares? They're only drafting the second round, so that's the most they'd want, right? Ethan, what do you think? Or, or not Ethan, I just talked to Ethan. Ernesto, <laughs> what do you think, man? Uh, they're rolling forward Daryl Henderson. Do you think Daryl Henderson's a better running back than Cam Akers at this point? I got to be unbiased here. Uh, Daryl Henderson is better. I love Cam Akers. You know, he's probably one of the younger running backs that I've always liked. And whenever he's been out there, he's produced. But injuries, you know, uh, football is a game of longevity. You have to stay on the field to be consistent. If you're not on the field, they're going to move on from you. 
You know, it's kind of like Daryl Henderson, when he got his chances, he ran with it. He keeps running with it. And I think there's a few good spots for him, especially out there in Buffalo, because Devin Singletary is hot garbage. <laughs> that is true. Buffalo's a destination. We'll keep talking about that Buffalo destination here in a little bit. Nick, what do you think? Man, you think the sitting Cam Akers is a good move for the Rams right now? Uh, I, I can't say that it's the best move. I think that uh, Sean McVay, I don't think he knows what he's doing with that running back group. I think if he saw trust with Daryl Henderson, then two, three weeks ago, we would have saw him out carry and out snap Cam Akers. But he obviously didn't trust Daryl Henderson that much. And we saw it because he played Malcolm Brown. And if the other running back, if I'm correct, was it River? Our River? Maybe. But uh, there's just multiple other running backs that they're they're cycling through. So they're just trying to see who fits the best right now. And on a hurting running back group, I think that Cam Akers would have helped. I mean, yeah, it seems like they're not really sure what they have on offense at really any position outside of Cooper Cup and who's under center. There, there's really no one else performing. The offense has really been lackluster through the first six weeks of the year. And it's it's honestly surprising considering that, you know, we had them ticketed to go – back to the Super Bowl probably before the, the season started based on the NFC power rankings and what everything looked like in the NFC in general. And it's just been a complete flip-flop of where we thought divisions would be and how teams would look. But it is surprising that with that offense looking the way it is, that arguably probably the best running back on the roster, suddenly they just decide not to play anymore based on something that obviously happened or his, his availability. So let's keep this party moving here. So Carson Wentz fractured his ring finger on his throwing hand. This is just comes a week after Ron Rivera comes out and, and pretty much criticizes the QB play there for the Washington Commanders. But that means Taylor Heineke is probably getting the start. Nick, what do you think about Taylor Heineke stepping in for Carson Wentz and what this could possibly mean for Carson Wentz's career? I think that Taylor Heineke, as we've seen in the past, he's – He's one. He's a great backup quarterback. He, he he'll win you some games. He'll keep you close in that game. But at the end of the day, he's not he's not the guy for their future. He's just a bridge quarterback. And I think that uh, Carson Wentz, his his NFL career as a starting quarterback, might be done. It's looking that way, especially with some of the comments and some of the play we've seen from here. But Ernesto, do you think this is Carson Wentz's last last uh, last stop as a starting quarterback? It pains me to say this because Carson Wentz is someone else that I've liked since he was with the Eagles. I think after his injury, and I've said this a lot, that after his injury, he just really fell off. Uh, he started playing a little bit more conservative. If you look at him in his, in his quote-unquote MVP candidate season, he scrambled. He he breaks sacks, and he wasn't scared to just sling it. I love Tyler Taylor Haneke. Uh, uh, he's not the best quarterback, has no deep ball at all, has a noodle arm, as people call it. But he's got heart, and he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He takes risk, and, you know, hopefully Scary Terry comes back to being Scary Terry and not Bummy Carry. Right. Now, there are a lot of people who are hoping that this Taylor Heineke here is going to flip the, the script from Curtis Samuel over to, to Scary Terry again. The truth be told, we'll have to tell, have to wait and see. But, Ethan, I mean, speaking of uh, – Ernesto brought it up, his Eagle days. Have we seen, like, like, Carson Wentz after that knee injury be who he was? And was that essentially the downfall of Carson Wentz? Oh, yeah. No, it definitely was the downfall of him. Um, and going back to, like, how I feel about Taylor Heineke starting, I – Obviously, it's a conservative move. I just don't respect it because I feel like since they have a rookie on the roster, 
and they're already last in the division by two or three games, I say just fuck it. Go with the rookie. See what he can do first. If he can't perform, then I would say go to Taylor Heineke until, you know, Carson Wentz comes back. But I, I feel like, obviously, he's going to keep him close in the game. He may win them one or two games. But realistically, having Heineke under center, they're not going to go far. I mean, I've seen Heineke do great things. He's looked spectacular in their, when they went to the playoffs and he ended up having to start for them. I thought that he played a hell of a game. I think Taylor Heineke has right now a higher ceiling maybe than Carson Wentz does based on how Carson Wentz performs in critical situations. I agree that the knee injury is probably what tore him down at the very least because he has not looked the same since that play. And I think I said it last week that essentially Carson Wentz, his the thing he's most known for right now in the NFL is getting hurt and allowing Nick Foles to win the Eagles a Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's his claim to fame is allowing Nick Foles to be the starting quarterback to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots in the playoffs. Let's keep this moving here. So the Titans are getting a new stadium. It's supposedly going to be a dome. It's going to cost them $2.2 billion. Uh, they were talking about renovations to Nissan Stadium that was going to cost them a roughly $1.8 billion. So for $400 million more, you know, drops in the bucket. They're able to get a brand new stadium there in Nashville. I, I don't know. Have any of you uh, been to Nashville and seen Nissan Stadium? So I, I live about an I live about an hour and a half south of Nashville, and I have been, seen that stadium. And I will tell you, it needs some love. So this is not surprising with the way things are going. First, it was the Bears. The Nissan Stadium has been there for a very long time. So I think it's probably been there since the Titans became a team. <laughs> it's been Nissan Stadium. So. They're looking to get a new dome stadium, which is going to add another, excuse me, dome to the NFL. Uh, this comes, of course, a few weeks, a couple, like, what is it, a couple months now after the Bears have reportedly accepted a, uh, or their bid's been accepted for the Arlington Heights Raceway or International Race Course there to build their new stadium. So it's going to be interesting to see how this keeps moving forward with teams that have been in stadiums for a relatively long time. Uh, but trust me, you can look up pictures of it. Nissan Stadium does not look good. The, the arches and the lights are supposed to be painted red. They faded to a bright pink. There, it's just not good right now. <laughs> but let's talk about another thing that seems to have faded, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, they had a lot of uh, stuff going on there with quarterback controversy. Is Baker Mayfield going to be able to do what you know uh, Sam Darnold wasn't able to do, what Cam Newton wasn't able to do? And that so far has turned out to be completely not true. And in fact, it looks like they're starting to sell out and, and starting to just empty the cupboard. And the first domino to drop is Robbie Anderson. He's traded to the Cardinals following the news that Hollywood Brown is possibly out for the year. Uh, Ethan, what do you think, man? What do you think about this signing for the cards? And what do you think about what the Panthers are doing? Well, I think it's given at this point. The Panthers are a completely selling team. They're going to sell everything. They're going to keep one cornerstone and hopefully build around it. But, hey, what do I know? They could sell every single thing on that team. Uh, <laughs> Even the mascot could go. <laughs> <laughs> come one, come all to the wholesome sale of the Carolina Panthers. Um, I like the Robbie Anderson move. I explained this in the chat, too. The Robbie Anderson move is going to be a good one. And I'm going to look stupid if it doesn't now. But I feel like it's finally going to give Kyler another weapon. And I feel like Robbie can be a really good receiver 
if he actually had a quarterback. But he's been able to somewhat produce with the dog shit he's had already. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I feel like obviously there may be a little bit of trouble with you know the weapons that Arizona may have, but I feel like he's going to be fine. He's finally going to be on a hopeful winning team for once. I mean, it's possible. Uh, we'll have to see. Ernesto, what do you think? What do you think the trade is, and how do you see the, the Carolina Panthers moving forward and the Cards moving forward? Oh, man, Baker Mayfield has made me look stupid this year because I defended <laughs> him, and I'm disappointed. <laughs> uh, love the move, especially with the news of Hollywood Brown. Even without the Hollywood Brown news that came out after the trade, I still love the move because I think it gives you another versatile weapon who could take it short to deep really fast. He could run a quick route, an out route, slant, take a streak deep, and then you partner that up with D-Hop, and he comes back after his six-game suspension, which is going to be in about a couple weeks as well. And he just got activated. That team's going to be uh, back on track. That team could easily propel themselves to win the NFC West. As far as the Panthers selling, I think the only cornerstone, as Ethan mentioned, he thinks they're going to keep one. I do too, and I think that's Christian McCaffrey. I think the price on Christian McCaffrey is too high. I think he's too versatile for you to trade him. That's just me personally. I just think he's just someone that could beat you on the passing and the rushing game. And if he stays healthy this year, they're definitely not going to sell him. But if he if he goes down again, I, I could see them moving on from him in the offseason. Nick, what do you got, man? So, I, I mean, I do like the move for the Cardinals. Robbie Anderson has really never outperformed or lived up to his hype his, his entire NFL career. So I don't think it's going to be like a, a crazy jump for the Cardinals offense. Uh, and he also ran very similar routes as Hollywood Brown. So I don't think he'll put the numbers up that Brown did, but it'll it'll help the, the Cardinals offense a little bit. D-Hop coming back, I think, is the bigger, the bigger thing there for them. But... They're the Cardinals need a lot of help. They they Kyler Murray is is just running around back there. So yeah. And then um, oh yeah, go ahead. All right, go ahead. What do you what do you think about the Panthers, man? Panthers. So yeah, um, Robbie Anderson first domino. I I can almost guarantee that DJ Moore is going to be the next guy to get traded. There's so many wide receiver needy teams out there, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see it within the next week or two. Uh, I just don't see McCaffrey uh, being traded th- as quick, but they they should definitely get rid of both. They're 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 going nowhere, uh, and and it wouldn't be wise to keep McCaffrey. I mean, yeah, it's true. So I'm I'm a full believer that if you're going to sell, you clean the cupboard, you empty the thing out, right? It's like your your only way to rebuild is to get as much draft capital as you possibly can with as much cap space as you can possibly free up and just go to town right that's how you get a team one year in your back that's that is the number one way to do it and i think that's what the panthers have to do now we've mentioned a lot of teams on this podcast multiple times that we think have the needs right the buffalo bills have a need at running back the 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 uh rams we just mentioned them their offense is stagnant they really need a need they have a need at running back because cam Akers is not the guy they're not really sure what they have in daryl henderson and they're kind of just throwing running backs at a dartboard until one sticks could you i could see the rams being who the rams are just throwing draft picks at carolina going how many is it going to take because we don't give a shit we're, we're trying to win another super bowl because our quarterback's aging we want to go and we think that christian mccaffrey in the backfield with cooper cup and everything we everything else we have is what we need 
right? We need a dynamic out of the backfield guy. And that's our guy. The bills could be the same way. They're like, what is the one piece that could get us over the top? And it's someone outside of Josh Allen. I keep banging on the table for this to run that damn football from the Cardinals standpoint. I mean, you got a, you got a, a knockoff Hollywood Brown in return. You got Bollywood Brown. That's what you got in, in Robbie Anderson. All right. And he's, he's the same guy. He's just not as good. And I know that he's, the problem is D hop's going to come back, right? D hop's going to come back and he's going to Gardner Gardner more of the, of the, the coverages that Hollywood Brown was stuck taking care of, right? He's going to get those coverages and Robbie Anderson is probably going to put up better stats than Hollywood Brown in his first six games there. I, I believe that, but that's because he's going up against weaker coverages. All right. We have to t- understand that Hollywood Brown is a bona fide number one. He could be a number one. On, I'd say 50% of the teams in this league. I believe that. I don't think that's Robbie Anderson. I think he's probably a really good two. I put him as a top 10 two, maybe, but that's the best he is. At the same time, DJ Moore coming out of Carolina, everyone's linking him to the Packers who look like straight dog shit, and we'll get to that in a minute. But first off, we're going to start with a game that everyone was looking forward to, and it turned out to be not anywhere near as entertaining as the AFC Championship game they played in. It's the rematch, the Bills and the Chiefs. Nick, what did you take from this game? I think so. The the Chiefs and the Bills—they're both, I think, who exactly what we what we thought they were. I think that we'll both see them later on in the season, and it'll probably we probably saw the AFC Championship preview. Uh, Josh Allen continue continuing his MVP year. It's pre- it's pretty crazy that uh, their defense, Jordan Poyer. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he had to drive 15 hours just to make it to the game because he was not medically cleared because of his rib for flying. Uh, so I just think that they they were more focused, and uh, it it showed the Chiefs just don't have a running game to to sustain Mahomes right now. That's true. I mean, it's the I, I said it all the time. It's like Tyree Kill was what they're missing in that offense, and how is it going to look? And it's had its good points and it's had its low points. But Ernesto, what did you take away from this game? Uh, I think Nick hit it really spot on. Uh, I do think they need to start putting Isaiah Pacheco in more. The Chiefs do because I think that kid has a lot of potential. You know, he reminds me a lot of Kareem Hunt the first year he came out, where he just came on the scene and then it was like, who the hell is this guy? But like Nick said, I think this is the AFC Championship preview game, and I think it might have the same result this year. The same as this game, it might have the same result. I think the Bills are going to make it to the Super Bowl. I think they're the favorites. Josh Allen's playing incredible. Like, it's unbelievable how good he's playing. Stephon Diggs is repeating what he did last year, leading. I think he leads the league in receiving yards. I may be wrong on that. I didn't fact check that before. But He's, he's a number two been... wide receiver in fantasy, though. I'll give you that. So he's number two. He... The only guy he's behind is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, overall, I do think that the the Chiefs do need to mix it up a little bit more. You can't just rely on Mahomes to sling it. You don't have that deep threat entire kill. Uh, I think Juju's been okay. I think he could start picking it up because he did have a really good game on Sunday. And I think if he starts getting more comfortable and earning Mahomes' trust, Juju could have kind of a resurgence. But that's just me. So right. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this because you brought up the running back group of Kansas City. Jared McKinnon has outsnapped Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the last two weeks. And then they're not basically they're they they do not trust CEH. So I think that Isaiah Pacheco will start to see him gain more of the workload in the next coming weeks. 
It's funny too because Ceh uh, is actually one of the top running backs right now, fantasy point wise. Last time I checked, so it's surprising that they're starting to move away from him based on his usage through the first uh, third of the year. But Ethan, what did you take from this game, man? Uh, both teams need to get a running back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there's not many game plans that will counter either team, but eventually you'll reach that like blockage to where you'll need to run the ball. You can't just constantly rely on, oh, Stefan's out there somewhere and Travis Kelsey's down there somewhere. <laughs> you need to run the ball a bit more. Obviously, it was a really entertaining game to watch, but both teams can only do so much slinging it 99% of the game. I mean, that's the God's honest truth. I Look no further than last year when the Patriots went up to Buffalo and that wind was blowing and the Patriots won by like what? They threw the ball three times and just ran all over the Bills and the Bills couldn't even get a running game going. And it's like, take you, you play outside in New York, in northern New York, in the winter. And you're going to be playing in that until January because you're probably going to be the one seed in the AFC. You need a running game. I thought the James Cook draft drafting was really going to pay out for them, and he's had ball security issues and pretty much got put in the doghouse, and they haven't used him since. Unlike you guys, I don't think this is the AFC championship game. I don't, I, I, I don't trust the Chiefs' offense. I think that Mahomes is carrying them, and as the weather starts to pick up and they can't run the football, their defense isn't good enough to keep up with teams that are balanced, and I think that the Chiefs are ultimately going to be one and done. They're going to get knocked out in a wild card round because I don't see them being the number two seed in the AFC. I think that they're not going to, and even if they are, there's three wild card teams. So they still got to play in the wild card round. It's not a, you don't get a buy anymore as the two seed. And even if they're playing in Kansas city, if the weather is shit and you're in a dogfight with a team that can run the football, you're going to lose. Like you're going to lose. And that's the, the thing that concerns me is about the Chiefs is that you can't run the football, but teams who win in December, in January, in February can. Super Bowl champion teams, championship teams can run the football effectively. And so far, the Chiefs haven't looked like an offense that can really do anything unless they're facing someone who's really not good. I mean... You think about it, they face good teams. They put only 20 points up against the Bills. You think 20 points is going to be enough to beat the Bills in in, December, in, in January? No, no. I don't. It wasn't no, enough no. to beat them. It wasn't enough to beat them in October. It's not going to be enough to beat them in January. And you don't have Tyree Kill out there for Mahomes to scramble to. And Juju, I, I've been off the Juju train for the last three years. He Ever since he started getting on TikTok and doing his TikTok dances and then you know, the Bengals lit him up, that was it, man. He's not good. And and I will continue to bang on that table until we until I get some people behind me who finally be like, oh, hey, he's right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next game. I watched it. I'm sure you all watched it. It's zappy hour in New England right now. It looks like he might be zappy hour on Monday night if Mac Jones isn't able to go. QB controversy, who knows? It's up in the air. A lot of people say there is. A lot of people say there are, but... Ethan, where was your head at for the Patriots-Browns game, man? What did you, what did you see? What did you like? I am a happy believer. I will stand <laughs> by this. Uh, Rob's going to likely kill me, or someone <laughs> in the in the group chat is going to kill me for saying this, but I want to see QB controversy. I want to see a battle for the rest of the season and offseason. I want to see someone 
like, for example, I want to see how Bailey Zappi is doing to push Mac to that extra, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> to that extra step to where he's not going to be doing the stupid shit he was doing earlier in the season. I want to see one another push each other to their maximum for the season. And I feel like they're going to do that perfectly. Other than that, the defense was just overall pretty dominant, and I loved it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that was one of the big takeaways I took of this is just how effective the defense was. Now, it did seem like they got a little leaky later in the game and allowed the Browns to try to climb back into it, and I felt like they just didn't keep their foot on the pedal the whole time on defense. Now, they did hold you know Chubb to you know really low rushing yards, but once they got, the Patriots offense got enough points on the board, it just didn't matter anymore because they couldn't run the ball as much as they wanted to. I liked what I saw for about 45 minutes, or I'd say probably 55 minutes, but there was a five-minute stretch in that game where the defense just seemed like they let the Browns climb back into it, and that's the kind of thing you can't do against good teams. I'm not saying the Browns are a good team, but against a good team, you lose a football game that way. So I completely agree with you on everything else there, though. But Ernesto, what did you take away from this game, man? I mean, I'm all on the zappy hour train, but, you know, I love Mac as well. Um I think there is going to be some competition there. Is there going to be controversy? I'm not sure. Bill Belichick's all about winning at the end of the day. He cares about W's. And when the time comes, and if Mac does go out there again, Mac's on a tight leash. There's this kid that's behind you that's going to be hungry, and he's going to take your position if you don't show out. So I know that's on Mac Jones's head. I like Zappy. He takes risk. I didn't see Devontae Parker really get 50-50 balls with Mac Jones that much. He did at times, but Zappy's looking for him on those 50-50 one-on-one cover balls, which reminds me – don't roast me in the chat for this. It doesn't. It's not exactly the same thing, but it reminds me a lot when Brady used to just toss it up to Moss and be like, go get it. Or when the Patriots had Josh Gordon at some point and Brady used to just throw it up to him and be like, go get it. Like, just go get yeah. it. You got and those. Then, you got those big guys out there. You and it's. It seems like when they're in one-on-one coverage, Bailey Zappi sees the one-on-one coverage, and that's something Mac wasn't doing. Let's be honest. He was throwing Mac. it to to Parker in triple coverage, or you know, and the only one that wasn't that way was the was the one where in week one in the first drive of against Miami, when honestly Parker had a penalty was being held by uh, Xavier Howard. And ultimately land an interception. But ever since then, it seems like he just he doesn't identify when Parker's one on one, and that's been a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense was dominant. Uh, you mentioned they set their foot off the gas. I think the game was over, and they were just like, you know what, it's garbage time. It doesn't it doesn't matter. I think if the game is close, they're gonna keep on going. Judon, Judon's gonna go full bull rush and try and eat up some quarterbacks. You know, they're not gonna play so back coverage and just defend the deep pass uh obviously you can't do that you always want to dominate your opponent and always show them you're the dominant species i do think when matt comes back he is going to be the starter uh but like i said he's going to be on a tight tight leash uh but i do think zappy gets one more start on monday night i don't think matt jones is coming back next monday all right all right Nick, do you think the Zappy, if Mac Jones comes back and does play based on the short leash that Ernesto thinks he's playing with, do you think that that hurts uh, hurts or Mac Jones? Do you think it's in his head a little bit that maybe he is on that short leash? Yeah, uh, I, I definitely do. So I think 
with either quarterback, I think we're going to have a great chance to win just because our defense, it, it's top three. We can even say top two or top – they may be the best defense in the league with, with who we have. But what I don't want to see is a quarterback controversy where Mac goes out, plays bad one week, and then next week we put in Zappi, and what if he plays bad? Are we going to switch back to Mac? We can't have we can't have this flip flop back and forth between the quarterbacks. We're going to need to pick one and let and and let them go because I think if you have a tight leash, most athletes know in the back of their head that they're playing with that tight leash, and it's gonna it's gonna cause errant throws or more forced passes from Mac Jones. And right now, I really like the way Zappy's going through his progressions and actually hitting hitting the guy who's open. So we're seeing Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith finally doing the production that we want to see out of our tight ends. I think we pay the high, they're the highest paid duo as a tight end in the league. And they finally showed why last week. Yeah. It's been, it's been a, a nice surprise uh, based on that because I mean, you, you, we've been waiting to see like, where's Hunter Henry been all year. He's not who we saw last year. I mean, this offense, and I, I've been saying it, right. Everyone wants to sit here and be like, well, Oh, it was the coordinators, right? The coordinators were an issue. What's what's the biggest difference in this offense? I mean, on, on, anyone can say it. What's the biggest difference in this offense? Zappy. It's the only difference. It's, the only thing it, that has changed is who's under center. All right, yep. and that's the only thing that's changed. They're they're getting more points. We're having a hundred plus. I mean, Zappy's a first rookie quarter or first quarterback in their first two starts to have to win both starts and post a hundred plus QBR. Okay, that doesn't just happen. Now I get it. It happened against the worst defense in the NFL and the Browns, who have been leaky all year. I understand that. Okay. I do. But it wasn't like it wasn't like Mac Jones was facing world, world killers here. All right. Miami is probably the best defense he faced in the first three weeks. Because Baltimore has proven they can't stop. You know, they're a strainer trying to hold back water in the back end. There's no reason. And it, up until the third quarter, they were de demolishing the Ravens. They were leading on the Ravens. And then all of a sudden, Mac Jones decided that he was going to throw three picks. And I, I don't understand this thing where we blame the coordinator for the uh, the guy, um, you know, the, the quarterback making mistakes. Like, how is it the scheme? And I read an article mm -hmm. today where it's like, oh, the scheme wasn't – was they figured it out for when – right when Zappy came in, they figured out the offensive scheme. Are you serious? Yeah. They no, just suddenly so – like, like they woke up, Zappy starting, and Matt Patricia's like, yeah, I got it. I don't like, – No, that's not how that happens. I don't know if you guys will agree with this, but I think in that whole game, there was probably only a few play calls that I didn't agree with. Every other – all the play calls I, I thought were on point – the only play calling I thought that was suspect was when we ran the ball, like in the same for possession, uh, the same, the formation, goal, yeah. same formation, back to back to back times on first and goal, second goal, third and goal at the one. Yeah. And then we settled for a field goal at the one. I mean, that, points are points. Uh, point, yeah. That, right. And, it, and it's not pretty. We all would have loved to see them and fourth and goal. Just, just smash that fucking football in for a touchdown. But points are points, and Belichick knows that with a rookie quarterback, you need to yep. take what you can get. And it proved it when the Browns went forward on fourth down, didn't get it, and essentially the Patriots were down and scored more points. I mean, the analytics say one thing, but sometimes you just have to look at the situation, and the numbers aren't always in your favor mm -hmm. in certain situations. I mean, yeah, on in general, it works out for teams, but not every team has a, a kid making a second start there. Ethan, do you think uh, – what, what do you think about uh, – 
the the whole uh, controversy out there right now that Mac Jones and the Patriots have a rift. You buying I'm, into this? It's it's just it's going to be the clickbait for the rest of the year. If we have one bad game, they're going to blame either the quarterback or they're going to blame Matt Patricia, and it's going to be a repeat constantly until we finally get our groove going. Yeah. I mean, they're coming out and saying that, you know, the Patriots want him to have tightrope surgery, and he didn't want it, and so that caused a rift. And then he didn't understand why Matt Patricia and Joe Judge were being brought in instead of going out and getting a bona fide offensive coordinator, someone who's actually done the job before. He was asking a lot of questions. He was questioning the system, questioning the ideas. And, you know, from the flip side of that, now this the same person, I think it's Albert Breer, is saying, you know, the Patriots are now have a counterargument saying, hey, if you just stay the course and do what we tell you to do, this is what a fourth-round rookie out of Western Kentucky who everyone said doesn't have the arm strength and doesn't have the accuracy is doing when he does what we tell him to do. And so at that point, it, it, it's like, is Mac struggling because Mac is is not getting what they're putting on the paper and he doesn't understand and he doesn't want to be that, he doesn't want to do it? Or is Mac struggling because Mac's just struggling? And, and I, don't, I don't know which one it is, but it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds and which way Belichick goes. Ernesto said it. All that Belichick cares about is W's. And this is not the first time that he's taken a guy who's on a big contract, who's big name, been to the Super Bowl before, you know, like played well recently and all these things like that. And Drew, he did it with Drew Bledsoe. And he played a guy who at the beginning of the year was the fourth, third, fourth quarterback on the depth chart coming into that year, won the backup job. Bledsoe goes down. Brady plays the rest of the year. Brady gets hurt in the AFC Championship game. Bel- or Belichick throws Bledsoe in. Bledsoe wins it, and then he goes back to Brady for the Super Bowl, and that's that. You know what I mean? So this is it's not beyond Bill to, to do that, and we're not going to know what he does because he's not going to show his hand. Look at the questions that they've asked him at the podium. You can look at you can watch those videos all day, and all he yeah. says is, uh, we'll, we're going to play the best players that are going to help, help us win day, on Sunday. Day, day by day. Day by day. Day by day. Yeah, we, day won't, day. we won't know which quarterback's playing yeah. until the I am not a physician. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a doctor. I, I don't know. That's not my I'm, – I'm a, I'm a football coach. I coach football. Sorry about that. You're not Sorry going to know. Me. Sorry about me getting yeah, you, up. I had to go get my charger real quick. Oh, you're good, man. I understand. Going from your phone, you're displaced from the hurricane and things like that. So don't even worry about it, bud. Well, let's keep this show rolling. It was an NFC East division matchup. Both teams, one undefeated, one with one loss coming in. Cooper Rush was trying to protect his 5-0 record, and ultimately the Eagles were just too much. That defense is playing out of its mind. Nick, what did you see in this Cowboys-Eagles game that just, you know, you liked you liked a lot? Well, I don't know if I like this part, but uh, can we finally sh- shut down the QB controversy? Because <laughs> Cooper, Cooper Rush... Everybody's been saying, oh, keep him in, keep him in. I've been saying it. Last week he threw 100 yards. This week he didn't throw for 200. Uh, and, he, and he finally showed that the Cowboys need Dak. So uh, the Eagles, on the other hand, though, 6-0. and How can you not love what they're doing? Uh, they were the first team to make Micah Parsons look like an average defender. They He, he didn't do anything. So I think that the Eagles have, have what they need to do. They just keep running the ball keep doing the RPOs with Jalen Hurts and they're going to, they're, I think they're going to get that first, the first round by. It definitely looks that way. I don't see them outside of like some injuries, you know, knock on wood, really derailing what they're doing right now. But Ernesto, what'd you see in this game, man? 
I'll be honest, I didn't watch the full game. I saw it in between, in and out, because I was out and about. Uh, but just going all overall, the QB controversy has to end. Because I looked at the stat line, and I was like, okay, Cooper Rush isn't going to win you a game against a high-powered offense. There's only so much the defense could do. To hold, what was the score, 24-20 or something 26, like that, 26-17. Right? 26-17. 26-17. To hold the Eagles to, to 26 points is already a good thing that you did. Because the Eagles' offense has been dominant this season. I think week one, they scored, like, what, 40 points against the Lions. Week two, was it, like, 30 or something like that. They've been a great, great football team. You know, they're balanced. They run the ball well. Hurts has the weapons. Devontae Smith could go off. A.J. Brown could go off. Dallas Goddard could go for two touchdowns in, like, 80 yards in a given night. Hurts could run for over 100 yards. Miles Sanders could run for over 100 yards. You need a quarterback that could go out there and win you those shootout games. And this is was kind of a shootout game. Cooper Rush isn't going to do that. Cooper Rush is a game manager. He'll get you the 100 to 250 yards to manage the game, limit his turnovers. But he's not a guy that's going to go out there and sling it and be able to make long drives and win you the game. I agree. I mean, it it definitely made him look like a backup quarterback this week. But, Ethan, what do you think? Do you think uh, Dak's going to come back and light it on fire this week? Cooper Rush is not that guy. <laughs> Trust me, he is not that guy. I've been saying this since he took over because Dak got hurt. He's not that guy, and I'll stick to that until the end of time. I don't care. No matter what happens in his career, he's not that guy. This game... It was, I mean, it was just a battle. It was a shootout in a way, but Philly realistically could go far due to the one reason that their defense has been fucking dominant. Same with their offense. Offense wins games, but defense wins championships. If the defense can keep up, avoid any major injuries, I see them, you know, maybe even going undefeated for a few more weeks. Good playoff push, but realistically, I, I feel like they could definitely just – they could be a contender throughout the entire year. And with your question about Dak, wh- wh- what's their matchup this week? Lions. Uh, the Lions. Yeah, the Lions. Yeah, then I expect, you know, Dak to – obviously, he's, he's not going to be completely slinging it the entire game, but realistically, he's probably going to go off. It's the Lions. Yeah, that defense is not good in Detroit. But the real question here is, so we saw all the all the the hype around Cooper Rush, right? 5-0, and backup quarterback coming in. He's going to be the starter. We don't need Dak. Does that sort of situation and then seeing what happens when he goes up against a good team kind of make you hesitant about what we're seeing in New England? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say no, just because I think that Dak has showed a lot, a lot better and more seasons than – than uh, Mac Jones has, but and he has a bigger contract, so you can't just you can't just get rid of Dak because he has that that contract. Uh, but really, Mac Jones hasn't showed us anything that special. But last year, yeah, we did go to the we did go to the playoffs, and he was a rookie that that did that. But once it was come playoff time, we all know how that went, and he hasn't progressed at all this year. If, if he comes out and shows us something like when he's healthy that he's back, like. I still think that Mac can be that guy, but as a Patriot fan, Zappy has made me want to buy his jersey, and I have that belief in him. Mac Jones, I've watched him for a year and a half, and I still don't even want to buy his jersey. 
Ernesto, what do you think? Does it make you hesitant? No. It doesn't. Because, uh, again, I like I agree with Nick. You know, Nick has a lot of good takes, especially being you know, a <laughs> fellow Patriots fan in the sense that Mac, it, it's it's a question you have to take with a grain of salt. You know, we've had about four to seven years with, I don't know how long Dak's been in the league, you know, time flies and all that good stuff. But Dak's been in the league way, way longer than Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been in the league for a year and a half. And a lot of quarterbacks in their second year do have that sophomore slump where they do struggle a bit. Defense has started to pick up what their tendencies are. It's up to him to overcome it and show everyone, like, hey, I'm here to stay, and this is my, my fucking quarterback job. No one's going to take it. Because right now, Bailey Zapp, Zappi is fucking taking your job, and you better <laughs> strap up and, and do something about it because you're going to be holding a clipboard if it keeps going the way it's going. Ethan, what do you think, man? You think this is, is it make you hesitant? It's two totally different teams for totally different players and two totally different stories. It's just... You're not going to bench Dak Prescott if you're paying him, what, 20-something million dollars a year? You're not going to bench him. Everyone knows that. Unless he performs god-awful and somehow has a 1-5, to five, you know, interception-touchdown ratio, you're not going to bench him. Mac, as Ernesto said, obviously it's a sophomore slump. It's just how fast can he finally get going because if he doesn't get going fast enough, realistically, with how Bailey has performed, obviously without him facing necessarily a top-tier defense, it could go one way or the other with New England. It just solely depends on how fast Mac can finally turn things around. <laughs> Sorry, how fast Mac can turn things around and how quick Bailey Zapp can, you know, try and pick up on everything. Yeah, so, I mean... I mean the uh, I'll, I'll just add to this too, with the three games that Max been out, I think we're top five in scoring offense. So, and that's was with with the fourth round QB. He's making better reads. He's not throwing into double or triple coverage. If Max gonna continue to do that, he's not gonna have a job in New England. I I do want to I mean, point this true. out. Go ahead. I I do believe the Browns have an underrated defense. Because I think Miles Garrett got to Zappi what, twice and like even forced a fumble at one point. Yeah, he had two sacks and he had like he had almost 10 pressures. But a lot of that was uh, exactly what the announcers called it. Uh, the turnstile that is Isaiah Wynn at a uh, tackle. So. Fuck Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so let me be clear here. I'm not trying to say that, you know, Cooper Rush makes me uh, – Cooper Rush is Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi is Cooper Rush. I think that the offense of game plan right now that they're allowing Bailey Zappi to operate in is similar to how for this offense, because this offense is not last year's offense, but it's similar to how they let Mac Jones operate in last year's offense. Hey, do what we tell you to do, run the plays we tell you to run, and you're going to be successful. That's what they told Mac Jones last year. And when he stayed on script, things look good. Bailey Zappi stays on script. Things look good. And he's he's showing accuracy that no one thought he had. He's showing touch that no one thought he had. He's those like I said, those sixty some touchdowns he throw don't look like a fluke. Now, that being said, do I think that if Bailey Zappi played the Eagles on Monday night instead of the Bears and he looked like would he look like Cooper Rush? I think he'd probably look close to what Cooper Rush looked like. I don't know if he throws all the picks, but I don't think his completion percentage is gonna be anything to like 
throw a thumbs up at. It's not going to be the 70 plus percentage he's been tossing up right now. But I think that, you know, a good defense is what's really going to be the test for Bailey Zappi. We're not going to see that on Monday night. All he like, that's the problem that a lot of people are pointing to. And it's the thing that's making me hesitant about saying that Bailey Zappi is the guy or, you know, should be the guy to start or should, you know, put some pressure on Mac Jones. If I'm the Patriots, I'm saying, hey, Mac, when you come back healthy, this is your job, bud. He's faced some some poor defenses and some poor teams because you don't want Mac Jones thinking, hey, I have to rush back so that this kid doesn't just walk off with my job. That being said, like I said, Belichick only cares about the W's. And since things have already kind of been tumultuous and that's what's being reported out of there in New England, who knows? And we're just going to have to wait and see. But let's keep this train moving. Um, I'm going to just mention the matchup because I'm going to go last because this is a this is a matchup that I need to talk about in detail so that everyone understands what I'm saying, all right? So, Ethan, we'll start with you, Jets-Packers. What did you take away from this game? I'm going to say what you're probably going to say. The, the Packers look like shit. When they don't have a receiver, when they don't have a reliable receiver, they're not going to do jack shit. Their defense, yeah, maybe they can, you know, they can bend, not break at times. But their offense is so fucking terrible, they won't be able to get anything going until they get a receiver that they can rely on. Whether that be someone from the free agents, whether they trade for someone, Aaron Rodgers is like dying for a receiver at this point. It's the truth. What do you think about the Jets? Obviously, as a biased New England fan, um, <laughs> fuck the Jets. I pray for their downfall every night. Um, <laughs> I mean, their defense has really shown that they can actually keep up, and I'm liking what Sauce Gardner has done so far. He's He's been looking really, really good. He has. He's. He's. He, there are a lot of people are saying he's the runaway uh, defensive rookie of the year right now, and that's that's a definite possibility. Ernesto, man, what do you got for this game? Something I've been saying in the chat since I joined. Sign Odell. <laughs> for the love of God, you have the cap space. He's healthy. Apparent, according to him, he is healthy and ready to play. Make the fucking call. <laughs> Make the fucking call, or call the Panthers and get DJ Moore at this point. You know they're fucking selling. So get DJ Moore. The team, I believe the Packers right now are dog shit. But they are better than what the fuck they are. But if you have no one to throw to, it reminds me of 2013 Patriots when Brady was throwing to fucking Aaron Dobson and Kembro Tompkins. And, and, and for casual viewers that were not there for those growing pains, they're going to be like, who the fuck are those people? Exactly my point. That's who well, Rodgers Tompkins was to. Kimberl Tompkins was in the news for stealing like three hundred thousand dollars, you know, or whatever it was. And, and, okay, and all but that that's stuff. about it. <laughs> and Aaron Dobson was uh, in the headlines for dropping wide open touchdown passes as well, but not the point. Uh, I also <laughs> said in the chat earlier that Sauce Gardner reminds me of a, a potentially he has the potential to be Darrell Revis for the Jets again. I think they could potentially have a cornerback that could be that kind of shutdown corner. He looks really good. He's shutting down almost every receiver that he plays. Fuck the Jets, because I'm a biased Patriots <laughs> fan, as well as Ethan, mostly everyone here. But <laughs> I do like Garrett Wilson. I do like him as a receiver. I think he has a lot of promise at heart. Zach Wilson, I still think he's a bust. I think Joe Flacco runs that offense a lot better. 
but that's just me. Uh, Packers need help, and it's receiver help more than anything. Because right now, Aaron Rodgers is looking up, at, is looking at his wife or girlfriend. He always has a different female every week, and going, <laughs> "Why the fuck did I unretire for this shit?" <laughs> I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I, it, it's true. They they signed him a lot of money and essentially gave up having offensive weapons for that, and it's starting to show. But Nick, what do you got out of this game? So the Packers, that panic meter is is, is burning hot. <laughs> if they weren't panicking last week, I'm, I, I, the the tweet or what did what did Jerry Alexander say last week? He said he said he said I'll, if I'll, we I'll lose yeah. next week. If, 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 if we lose next week. week, I'll panic. Well, you lost this week, so you guys better start panicking. They don't look <laughs> good at all. I don't think if I think they got lucky to beat the Buccaneers, and I don't think that they have anything going for them. So the Packers need to do something uh, because if not, they might be looking outside of the playoffs. The the Jets, on the other hand, I think what they have accomplished is amazing. I think that they're going to have offensive and defensive player of the year. Brees Hall is a breakout candidate. They're running the ball. They're, the game plan is give that man the ball and let Zach Wilson throw as, le- as little as possible. And it's working. So whatever Robert Sala is doing – Keep keep doing it. I think that the Jets are one of the up and coming teams, and they're going to keep grinding out these wins. I mean, so okay, allow me to get this started the way I want to get it started. All right. Last week, I was the only one in the house call podcast. Has to pick the Giants to beat the Packers, and what happened? Say it for me in the back. Anybody? Yep. Come on. Yeah, yeah. The Giants, yeah, the Giants beat the Packers, and then this week, after I went on the freaking recap of that week and said the Packers are straight booty juice. They're a hot fucking dumpster fire. I was the only one to pick the Jets to beat the Packers. And then what happened? Oh, the Jets beat the Packers. Why? Because the Packers are straight dog shit. I said it at the beginning of the year. I said that the Packers would not win this division. The Vikings would win this division. The worst thing the Packers could have did was paid Aaron Rodgers all that money and let Devontae Adams walk. Because you know why? A blind, deaf, mute goat could throw a ball to freaking Devontae Adams and make completions, all right? That's how good of a wide receiver he is, okay? He's the only reason the Raiders' offense is even looking somewhat decent when he's not running into Hunter Renfro. But I digress. The Packers are straight garbage, and even if they got a DJ Moore, even if they got an Odell Beckham Jr., I don't think it's enough because the number one guy that, that Aaron Rodgers relied on, Randall Cobb, got hurt. He's out. He's probably not playing next week. The pa- I almost picked. I don't even know who the Packers are facing. But I'm pretty sure it's the Commanders. I'm pretty sure they're facing the Commanders. Guess who I picked to win this week? Guess who I picked to win this week? I picked the Commanders. I'm going to go 3-0 and on Packers choices. And if I don't, it doesn't matter because they're still garbage because the Packers are playing with Taylor – or the, the Commanders are playing with Taylor Heineke. They have no quarter – like they're literally going to a quarterback that that Ron Rivera could have played over the quarterback that he said our problem is at quarterback when that guy was playing. And the only reason he's starting him now is because he got a broken finger. So I think the Commanders, as much shit's going on wrong there, they still are going to beat the Packers because the Packers are that damn bad. You brought up the Bucks game. I said it weeks ago. I said the Packers beat a Bucks team that had no one at wide receiver, and everyone said, oh, the Packers got a great defense. No, they don't. No, they don't. They, they gave up 24 points to a Vikings team, okay? They gave up. They held a Bears team that let fucking uh, Justin Fields throw seven times. Or ten times, whatever it was. That's yeah. all he threw the ball, and they couldn't move the ball. And the and it's the Bears. Aaron Rodgers just shows up, and they win against the Bears. 
All right. And then they faced a Bucks team. They held them to 12 points. Like I said, Tom Brady might as well have been thrown to Walmart greeters out there because I'm pretty sure they signed two of them. And then they faced the, the Patriots with uh, Brian Hoyer for two series. And then on the third series, a rookie quarterback came in who didn't have any practice with the ones that week because they were preparing Brian Hoyer to go up against the Packers. And he took him to overtime. And it took him all the entirety of overtime to beat the Patriots. And they lose to the Giants and the Jets. The Packers are not good. There's no good on defense. They're not good on offense. They're not a good team. I would not be surprised that the way the Alliance offense is going, they have a better chance of turning it around the Packers game. Okay? That's how bad the Packers are. And I have given these quotes. I told Rob, I said, Rob, get the videos cut up because when I want you to, I want you to play them in this video. I want you, if you were to edit it, I want you to take my fucking predictions on the Packers, my takes on the Packers, and just cycle them through right now. That's what I wanted. Okay? And now that I'm done with my Packers slander, let's talk about the Jets. Everyone's high on the Jets now. The Jets are 4-2. and two. Zach Wilson's running the offense. He's doing the things he needs to do to win. Brees Hall looks like the offensive rookie of the year. Sauce Gardner looks like the defensive rookie of the year. They beat the Packers, you know, who are a good team. There's your problem. I'm not high on the Jets. Who have the Jets played? They came back in like a minute 17 due to a Browns collapse, right? They beat a Packers team that is pretty much booty juice. They beat a Dolphins team without Tua, which still isn't very good because I'm not high on the Dolphins either. That's three of their four wins. A, a backup quarterback, a shit Packers team. But the, the only thing you can say, though, the is the, the Jets used to lose these games. Yeah. Yeah, they used to. <laughs> But I mean, but I mean, it doesn't make me excited. Yeah, it, it doesn't no. make me happy. You know, I'm not like, woo, the Jets are, are killing it right now. They're a good team. I still think that at the end of the day, right now, they don't look like they should be four and two. They had a, they had a good stretch of games that allowed them to be four and two. That's what I think. I and that's not even me being biased. That's a sports view that they I, had a good lucky stretch of games can i touch on the on the packers division the nfc north real quick yeah go ahead i i think the vikings are winning that division oh yeah and oh, yeah. honestly and i told this to rob when i had my interview to come on here and you know work with you guys I got the Vikings going all the way up to the NFC Championship. I think they've been an underrated team and I think this is their year because they finally got rid of that shit coach Mike Zimmer who plays way too <laughs> fucking conservative and now they're attacking and doing what they do best which is the passing offense. But I'm not going to I will give you I'll, I'll give you that they're going to win the division. But I don't think they got shit for the Giants. I I could actually see the Giants being the number 1 wild card go into the go into the playoffs and it be an Eagles Giants NFC Championship game. I could see that happening. We're going to find out when they play each other. They play the Eagles twice this year. I can we're going to see how they look. And I'm and that I, might change me, but that's what I think. I, I can't even lie to you, Joe. I could see that as well. But I, I'm still riding the Vikings. I'm riding the Vikings. I don't trust Kirk Cousins, man. We, we, had, a, we I, had this conversation last week, didn't but, we, Nick? About yeah, how but, the, the league's yeah. just full of mediocre Kirk Cousinses and, so and stuff like how, that. Do, how, how much do you <laughs> trust Daniel Jones? Honestly? It's not even about Daniel Jones. I said it last week when you guys asked me, uh, when Rob asked me who the quarterback was going to be for the Giants. And I said, it doesn't matter. It's Saquon Barkley's team. 
Yeah. And guess yeah, no, what? I agree. Saquon Barkley's looking like one of the be- better teams, better running backs in the league right now. So yeah. I'm going to be honest with you here, okay? I-, I like the Giants. I do. Speaking of the Giants, we're about to move into our last recap game of the week. Ernesto requested this one specifically, and I said, to hell with it. We're throwing it in because I like what the Giants are doing right now. Brian Dabble, coach of the year. Ernesto, you wanted it. I'm going to start with you, man. Give me what you Brian, like about the Ravens-Giants game. <laughs> Brian Dabble is the coach of the year. I've been saying it, and I've said it in the chat countless times. Either If, if the Jets keep winning, it's going to be between Robert Saleh and Dave, Brian Dabble because they are have turned around New York City. New York City went from a poverty football city to now having two teams that are in prime position to make a run. I think the Giants are going to make a run better than the Jets because I think the Jets are straight up not going to win anymore. Don't forget, I hate to interrupt you here, but Buffalo is the only New York team. The Jets and Giants play in, in yes. New Jersey, bro. They might they're they're supposed to be New Jersey Giants and Jets. Just New say Jer- it, all right. True, they don't play. True. They don't play in the state of New York. But right? Buffalo is a little bit closer to Canada, so you could kind of be like Canada uh, Bills or some but stuff. They're still inside the state at least. True, <laughs> but I think Barkley really showed that he's a hundred percent, and you know. They built that offensive line. If we were to take that offensive line two years ago, the Giants' offensive line was atrocious. Eli Manning and Daniel Jones, when they were out there, they were on their back. Andrew Thomas was a great uh, draft choice. You got the kid from Alabama. I forget his name. I just saw it a few minutes ago, but I, I forgot his name. That they just drafted this past year who's great. You got these great pieces that you're building together. Wide receiver is still a question. But I love that the coach is not afraid to be like, hey, you're not, you're not catching the fucking ball. Sit your ass down. Like, Galladay is not catching the ball, so what? You're paying him all this money, but I don't give a fuck if I'm paying you this money. Sit down. You're not doing your job. I'm going to put uh, Robinson in who's caught two touchdowns, I believe, this Looking past great. week. <laughs> Looking great. Tony's been in the doghouse, but he even got more snaps than Galladay. I know Shepard got hurt and stuff like that, but I think they're a team that's realistically deep at wide receiver because they have all these guys that are just underdog receivers that are wanting it. Richie James, uh... Tony, Robinson, even Galladay can come out and have one game. Sladen as well. You got Barkley. Daniel Jones is limiting his turnovers, being smart with the ball, going through his progressions right. If he's got to run out, he runs out. And honestly, even if Daniel Jones decides to really shit the bed really bad, I like who they have as their backup. One of the one of my favorite journeymen in the NFL, and that's Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is a hell of a backup quarterback. He's and he can been... easily start for a lot of these teams. <laughs> He's been, like, just bad luck. I mean, the punctured lung, uh, what was it, last year or two years ago? when Herbert, last, uh, two years ago, yeah. Two years ago when Herbert, the punctured lung, when he was supposed to be the starter, he was even named captain in the offseason. He was supposed to be the team captain, and he just got that Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Ty Taylor ain't going to do anything for any team. He ain't going to win oh, any man. playoff games. You, you don't even remember. Do you remember the Tyrod Taylor we used to see in Buffalo? And that I do remember trash the Buffalo Taylor. offense. Yes, that Tyler beautiful was the only pass. reason that Buffalo offense did anything at all. <laughs> and like that's and the Tyrod Taylor that I've seen. And when I saw him for the Chargers in the preseason, when I saw him in training camp, that's the Tyrod Taylor I saw. Tyrod Taylor was Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson came into the league. All right, he did the same things. 
questionable arm talent, that, athletic build, speed, that, good that's scrambling that, ability. That, that's pushing it, but oh, I mean, honestly, you look. At, the only difference is, is that Lamar Jackson has a better, had a better head coach. He had a better cast. And he had a better offensive line. You cannot not, name me one person who went to the Pro Bowl Ty- Tyrod Taylor played with. No, yeah. Sammy exactly. Who was the head but, coach for Tyrod? Mike Singletary was that was that him? What, 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 I, what, I, what I did was know it Rex Ryan? He, was it Rex Ryan? Maybe at the end. I don't know. But go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. Tell me. What, tell me. what, what I do know is that if, he had, he didn't beat out Daniel Jones, so I'm not that high on Daniel Jones. I think that both New York teams or New Jersey teams, whatever you want to call them, have very similar approaches in, to how they're going to win. They have great defense, great defensive line. They got some good. They got playmakers on the defensive backside, and uh, they they give the ball to their running backs. So they're going to go as far as their running backs carry them. And uh, as long as Daniel Jones doesn't throw turnovers, they're going to be in the game. But I think this was more of the Ravens' demise and downfall than more of the Giants winning. This is the third week in the row that the the Ravens just fumble fumble the lead and can't can't close the game out. So. We're we're gonna see if that if that continues, but uh, I don't think that Daniel Jones is gonna lead anything to the playoffs. I'm not that high on him. He's not gonna go out there and throw 300 yards and win you a game. Can I touch on I mean, one more possible. thing real quick? Go ahead, Ernesto. I know you're, you you wanted this get you wanted this matchup so bad. <laughs> how, how about that kid from Oregon with that strip sack at the end of the game? Davon <laughs> Thibodeau with that strip sack to seal that game. Oh my God, that was just beautiful pass rush right there. Uh. But, you know, I guess that's about all I have to say besides the Ravens <laughs> need wide receivers. And they got one. We touched on it earlier in the show. The, the Ravens haven't The Ravens haven't had their three best players on the field together healthy at any game in the any time in the season. J.K. Dobbins, Rashad Bateman, and Mark Andrews haven't been there at any game to help Lamar. They're, they're always missing one or two of them. So once they get a healthy group there for Lamar, I think we'll start seeing more more out of the Ravens. But uh, it, it, they're three and three right now, so they got to make something happen. Yeah, that's true. Ethan, what did you see in this game that uh, you want to talk about, man? I mean, there. I mean, I didn't really watch it. I'm gonna be honest. I'm, I'm not. I I don't like both. I don't like either teams. I don't like either teams. I'm just a Lamar fanboy because he helps my fantasy team win. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, speaking on Daniel Jones, I mean, obviously I'm not trying to compare him to anyone, but last year the Cardinals went like 11 and 0 Kyler Murray looked like a fucking God. And then they shit the bed the last half of the season. That could be something that, you know, the New York giants do. They could start off really, really good. And then at the, you know, second and third part of the season, it's just, Oh, we're dog shit again. We're the New York Giants. They go as far as Saquon takes them. I mean, they, they, the if one Saquon good defense they went down, up against. The rest of the offense is going down with it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Saquon, yeah exactly. They go as Saquon goes. But, I mean, you think yeah. about the one good defense they face and the Cowboys they lost to. With a backup If you really think about it. Yeah. yeah. With, 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 you know, so. But, okay. I didn't. I, I, I Once again, I was one of the few people who picked the Giants over the Ravens this week. All right, because I'm fully on the Giants train right now. I don't think the Ravens defense is that good. Now, we, were ta- we talked about the Ravens collapse here. And 
I everyone's saying it's because like I think uh, Marcus Spears, right? You can watch him on ESPN. He's an analyst there. He came out and said probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And did anyone see the article? Did anyone see the video? I saw all? something about it, but I I forget. Ethan, did you see it? No. Okay, he came out and said that Lamar Jackson is losing the Baltimore Ravens football games. He's losing them games. The guy who is in the MVP conversation for for the things he's doing is losing the Ravens football games. Are you out of your mind? The only thing losing the Baltimore Ravens football games is their defense. Lamar Jackson has to do everything in his power to throw up as many points as he can because he knows his defense is dog shit. Like I said, they can't, they're a strainer that, that they're, they're just a bucket with no bottom trying to catch water. There's nothing there. There's no resistance. All right. Against a high powered offense. The, I'm surprised that they looked the way they did against the bills. And the only reason I think they looked that way against the bills is I think that game had weather. It, it had some, like some rain or something that early on. And the minute the rain moved out, the bills were just like, Hey, guess what guys? We're ready to play now. The weather's gone. We, we, we got what we wanted. We can't run the football when it rains. So we're just going to throw it on you now because it's not raining anymore. And that's exactly what we're going to see. The Ravens, their defense is the reason they're losing football games. Lamar Jackson's doing everything he can to win them football games. And anybody who thinks otherwise isn't watching the game. Exactly. Marcus Spears needs to turn the Ravens games on and just go rewatch him because he has no idea what he's talking about. And I understand. Marcus Spears is a football guy. He played football, all right? And, and, and I get it, right? He gets paid millions of dollars to come up with these takes. And it's clearly clickbait. It's clearly clickbait. But it's still, I hate it when these guys say things that just don't make sense. All right? You're saying stupid shit. It's a dumb take. It's, it's outrageous. It's an overreaction. And it's completely off base. You have no factual credit to this. When, when through the first five weeks, we're saying Lamar Jackson is an MVP candidate. And now you're going to come out in week six and say Lamar Jackson is losing them football games. It can't be both. All right. He's either an MVP candidate or he's losing them football games. And I'll tell you which one he is. He's an MVP candidate. He sure as hell isn't losing them football games. From a giant standpoint, that defense is playing out of its mind. All right. Their, their defense will keep the games close for Saquon Barkley to do enough to win. And I think, I think Wandale Robinson and, and these receivers start to mesh with Daniel Jones and he gets into a rhythm and he gets healthy. I think he can do enough. When Daniel Jones is on script, and I say this a lot about quarterbacks, when they're on script, he looks good. He looks like a guy who can make the right read when you don't ask him to do too much. When you're running a good offense and you have a good offensive game plan, Daniel Jones is a good enough quarterback to not lose you a football game. And that's all you need. That defense is the way it's playing right now. Brian Dayball knows. He says, just as long as we can get the football with a chance to score, I'll get us, I'll draw up the, the game plan, the script, and the plays to get us in the, into scoring position. And he's done that. He did it for Josh Allen in Buffalo. He's doing it for the Giants right now. And the team is buying into it. I just, I don't understand how the, like, the Ravens, I almost, I, I, I got to recheck my, my picks. But I think I may have taken the Browns this week against Baltimore. That's a battle of like shit defense. It, it's 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 the uh, interconference matchup. Well, here's or the interdivision thing. matchup. Lamar Jackson doesn't have Bateman. They just signed uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, yeah. and he's going to know maybe ten percent of the playbook. And they're like, "Hey, go run a go run a streak." 
go run a, a flag, <laughs> you know, you run, run, run a comeback around. That's all they're going to do. Run a go. You know, that's, they're going just, just, those are your three routes. If you're out on the field, Lamar's going to look at you and he's going to go one, two or three. And that's what you're going to run. All right. Here's your playbook. And it's going to have those three routes. We'll work on everything else the rest of the week. That's what he's going to do. Now I'm not saying Deshaun Jackson can't pick up a playbook really quick. I'm just saying you're six weeks in the offense is set up to run a certain way. They're not slowing down for you just because you came in. All right. He's 35. He's going to run three routes. Those are the three routes you're going to see him run. I know the Browns defense isn't good, but I also think that the Baltimore Ravens defense isn't good either. Nick Chubb is the number one running back in football. We said it for when we recap the Patriots Browns game and the Patriots defense held him to nothing. The Ravens can't do that. The Ravens don't have the personnel to do that. And even if they do, their secondary isn't as good as what we saw on Sunday from the Patriots. All right. They don't have a Kyle Duggar. They don't have what Jack Jones is doing. They don't have what Jonathan Jones. Jonathan Jones didn't even play. All right. I'm telling you right now, I think the Browns, if Jacoby Brissett can limit the turnovers and not make the mistakes like that we saw, and an offensive line can stop something and the running game gets on script, the Browns have a chance to beat the Ravens. Because at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is going to have to carry them to a win. And if he doesn't have, Mar- if Mark Andrews isn't 100%, and they're relying on Kenyon Drake because J.K. Dobbins got hurt again, and they don't have Bateman, and Deshaun Jackson only knows three routes in that offense to perform, are you telling me that you don't like the Browns? If you say no, you don't like the Browns, you got to rethink it because the Browns have a shot, man. Browns but that's, are, for yeah. something, that's, for, that's for something for, for the next episode when they do the predictions. They're going to probably cut this in there because I'm not on that episode. But we're going to wrap things up here. This has been the House Call Podcast. We got merch. It's in the scroller ticker below. It's the merch link there. Society6, the House Call Podcast. Society6.com, the House Call Podcast. We got everything. We got all kinds of merch, all kinds of clothing articles. We got water bottles, anything with the logos from all of our different segments we do. It's all there. We also have sponsors. That code down there you're seeing on the screen right now for Liquid IV, the underscore house, underscore call, underscore podcast. Use that code at liquidiv.com. You can get 20% off and free shipping on your first order. I like the guava flavor. Guys, you guys got a favorite flavor? Liquid IV? Ooh, Sound I mean, like the guava one is. Guava? Ethan? I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> What'd you say? Lemon. Lemon. You haven't tried it yet? Ernesto, you got to try some. Great for hydration. Really good product. I use it when I do sports and I'm doing athletic activities when I'm out working in the yard, getting a good sweat on. Whatever it is, I got Liquid IV by my side. If you're not a subscriber out here on, on YouTube or on Instagram, uh, TikTok, or Twitter, go subscribe. Follow us. We're pumping these numbers up. We got giveaways coming up. We're, you'll get all the good content there. You'll be able to see all of our videos. You get alerted when we're going live, when we got videos posted. You can check out all the content there. But I'm Joe. That's Nick. That's Ethan. That's Ernesto. Ernesto, by the way, great job on your first video, man. That's Ernesto's first video. Let's give a round of applause for Ernesto, boys. Come on. Thank you. Thank That's you. what I'm talking about, man. You killed it. But until next time, stay hydrated. This has been the House Call Podcast signing off. We've got the Jets. Going against the Packers, Rob. What say you? They're they're the Mr. Ice Cream Boy, the one that gets ice cream every time the Jets.